Hello everyone and welcome to the next episode of Vichar, a podcast brought to you by Azad Abbas. Our guest speaker for today is Mr. Srini Ramaswamy. Mr. Srini is a co-founder of Pride Circle and has been involved in transforming organization by fostering an inclusive, diverse work environment, enabling employees to bring their authentic selves and do the best work of their lives. As a senior advisor at NASCOM DNI, Regional Council, TEDx, CDF, WEP USA, he spreads his ideas on social innovation, equality, women education and empowerment, and smart village development projects. He has been recognized with global accolades and awards such as Out and Equal Ally Champion Award USA 2017, DNI Leadership Award Asia 2017, and Top 100 Leaders of RAM 2018 London. He also curated RISE, India's first and biggest LGBTQ plus conference, job fair and marketplace in Bangalore 2019 and Delhi 2020. It is a pleasure to have you with us today, sir. In today's podcast, we would be talking about employment discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community, especially during the lockdown. My first question to you, sir, is the experience, the experiences of the LGBTQ plus community during the lockdown was different in some senses. Uh, may that be isolation from community, lack of acceptance, support and love. According to your fieldwork in Pride Circle, how was the overall uh, quarantine experience and how was the community specifically vulnerable during the lockdown? Thanks, Vanshika, for having me. It's such a pleasure um, to uh, speak with you and share my thoughts on uh, some of the work uh, that we are doing at Pride Circle. Um, and very interestingly to know that, you know, uh, this podcast will be listened in by the, the future um, who are investing in and uh, committed towards creating an inclusive spaces, be it at home, be it at school, college or workplaces. Uh, so it's an indeed a pleasure to, to be speaking with you um, on, on a topic which is very close to my heart. Um, and something that I've been working on for uh, over 10 years now, um, you know, when I was in my professional career or uh, taking uh, a break and moving in as a social entrepreneur, uh, this has been a great experience so far. Uh, I think your question around experiences uh, of the community primarily pre and the post COVID um, has been uh, you know, uh, very, very troubling. Um, and, and this is something that uh, uh, I have heard from the members of the community uh, and having to get the primary and secondary information um, kind of helped me to gather uh, the challenges and the troubles um, uh, and, and, and problems that the community is going through. Um, you know, interesting thing to note is uh, pre-COVID world, the world was very different. You know, we could, we could socialize, we could uh, meet our friends, uh, we could um, go to spaces which were safe uh, for the community. And uh, uh, the people would find support uh, and, and uh, 
confidence in meeting everyone, uh, whether they were safe spaces at uh, in the society, whether at school or whether in social spaces or even at workplaces. Now, COVID put a stop to everything. You could not now go and socialize in person. Um, you could not, uh, because of lockdown and even today, the social spaces and gatherings, uh, what it used to be, um, uh, pre-COVID is not there anymore. So the challenges of the community has extrapolated. Um, how so? Uh, I'll give you a few examples. Let's say, uh, you know, uh, there were uh, uh, the individuals who had jobs. And they were from different cities. They migrated to different cities in search of jobs and they were working. And all of a sudden, it's a remote working. Um, and some of the people lost jobs as well. Uh, they, are, they were left with no option but to go back homes. Homes wherein or spaces wherein the, the, the ecosystem was, is not supportive. Uh, sometimes you don't have supportive families understanding families, you have pretty much gone back to the place where you cannot be feeling emotionally, mentally, and physically safe. People had moved out of their homes and those spaces in search for jobs and they were living uh, all okay, but now they can't. Now having back at home, having disconnected from social access, put you in within the four walls wherein you are then consistently um, you know, nagged by your loved ones or your parents to get married because they don't want to accept you as somebody who are, you are from the community because they think that this is a phase. And a lot of people ended up from the community, ended up creating their profiles on matrimonial sites. And they were forced to look for you know, potential match because uh, with an intention that if you get married to the opposite sex, um, uh, you know, you would uh, probably get better. That is one example. The second example is that uh, when these individuals were back home, they were uh, taken by, uh, taken to these uh, places wherein they were being offered treatment. Um, and we all know that this is not a phase or this is not something that needs a treatment. And a lot of uh, people were uh, taken to the Babas and, uh, you know, to priests and Jharfus uh, Wale Babas and etc. To, to get cured. Uh, so then definitely, you know, from, from um, uh, that aspect, you know, people got impacted. Even more so, the transgender community got impacted because, you know, traditionally, uh, they were, um, they've been through generations, they've been uh, uh, involved in either begging or even they're involved in sex work or even they're involved in badhai, basti uh, badhai and etc. So they've been involved in these traditional customs and etc. And COVID, all of these things got shut down. Um, so the community lived on day-to-day -day money. And now you don't have any money. And, uh, and they, uh, you know, the transgender community in particular, uh, 
all of them have uh, the mobile phones today everyone has mobile phones but they would have their mobile connections as a prepaid so i'm just trying to give you a, a, a gravity of a situation right everyone most of them would have a prepaid connection which means that you know you need to top up because you don't have money you cannot top up which means that you cannot reach out for, to your connections or contacts or network for in case of any help which meant that you know you are cut off from gaining access to simple things like you know probably uh, the supplies the food supplies that the non profits and the other organizations were extending you cannot the other issue that came up during covid was a lot of transgender community was were thrown out of the spaces that they were in because there were rumors that the covid is happening because of the transgender community it is spreading because of them so a lot of people were even sent out from these places where they lived for many years you know first they are thrown out of their homes then when they find that their um, biological parents throw you out they find uh, uh, you know safe access in their non blood relations who are you know kind of take them in and they are again thrown out from there so the the gravity of the situation because of the quarantine and because of the covid um and you spoke about the quarantine experiences were that many so we had to create uh, some safe spaces online um and we partnered with an organization called salesforce in india and we ran some of these virtual safe spaces creating conversation in the month of may last year um, um in, in partnership with suicide prevention foundation um uh, and salesforce we ran some of those conversation created the safe spaces brought in the counselors uh, therapists who are queer positive and queer affirmative to have those conversations so you know it is definitely very difficult times because you know as itself you don't have visible um uh, you know out people but with these issues they are again uh, pushed back in the closet you know push back in the safe spaces which are not safe definitely so and i think uh, one i mean it's often overlooked all these physical and mental uh, trauma or it's i mean it's never been spoken about and it's it's so ingrained in culture and society that it's it's so difficult to even uh, think of all these uh, different problems and but i also feel like there are real costs to these discriminations in terms of monetary value and there was a study a pilot study conducted by world bank which suggested that discrimination against the lgbt people in a country like india could be costing that country's economy up to 32 billion dollars a year in lost economic output in what ways do you think the lgbtq plus community is economically discriminated against and how did that accentuate uh, during the lockdown i think the you know the, the good question i think uh, the the fact that you know the study that you're referring to was uh, done led by professor lee bajet um, um professor uh, lee bajet comes from uh, um, great experience has done some incredible amount of work is from the community um, and all the more reason for her to do this uh, cost study in um, i think in 2014 and which was one such study uh, and which is very very relevant in even today you know after you know 5 6 years 
you would find that you know the immense amount of insights that uh, that was uh, that came out from the study uh, that she did um, and interestingly you know your your question too uh, focuses on uh, the the aspect of uh, the cost of homophobia uh, is what the 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 cause that she mentioned about and and she spoke very very clearly about um, that the loss the country experiences is up to 1.7% of the gdp which is gross, gross domestic product which which aggregates to an extent of 32 million billion sorry 32 billion dollars so all those conversation about you know our our gdp uh, impacting our cost and inflation going up i think somewhere you know it also gives us a, a an opportunity to pause and reflect as to what is this cost that we are talking about and i'll give you very simple explanation to that uh, it goes back to our experiences that we extend to others or we experience at school so it starts from there and i'll give you explain as to why i'm talking about you know such experiences starts at school imagine that you know when when we are in standard fourth or fifth or maybe sixth we start uh, uh, you know bullying our our classmates you know and it is by by nature we have uh, names we start calling names and somebody who is little effeminate we start uh, you know teasing them uh we start uh, making jokes we start using slur remarks etc lot of kids at that age experience that so you you imagine you know these kids who are experiencing this are subject to these uh, you know uh, gravity of um, name calling discrimination harassment at school and etc the next best place for them to confide and be is at home now because you experience these issues at school or at college let's let me also then take college into this uh school maybe primary school or maybe in 11th and the 12th you decide to discontinue your education because you know you have to avoid that experiences every day you tell at your home that i don't want to go to school and you get you know again your parents are wondering as to why you don't want to go to school um and you are you know maybe in some sense uh, have to tell them that you know because they they bully me they abuse me or they they have names that they call me and etc and and your parents understand that you know maybe you are you are uh, uh, somebody who is feeling little out of place and the moment you tell them let's say you kind of disclose them and tell them that you know hey um while the the sex assigned at birth i am a boy but then i feel comfortable wearing bangles or draping a sari or uh, playing with the dolls and then your your parents are immediately wondering as to what is wrong with you and then again they take take you for you know curative therapies and etc and uh, in worst case scenario they they ask you to leave imagine you you drop out from school or college when you are in 8th standard or 9th standard or even 11th standard you are also thrown out of your home at that young age you know you don't have access to education 
you definitely don't know how to survive you take to the refuge and you know you take help of friends and etc so you are discontinue your education which means that you would definitely not pay attention to your mental well being your physical well being your your emotional well being you take to maybe uh, 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 you know drugs uh, that start impacting your health that kind of create shorter lives you also then you know join uh, leave your biological parents and join a community which is the transgender community or any of those you know communities wherein you start uh, feeling safe and because you don't have an education you're dropped out your access your your access to contribute to the economic support or economic output is not there and hence your your contribution you're not in in the contributing to the country's growth and at the same time the healthcare and the social program costs also goes up so that is your level of economical impact that happens and where it all started a joke that here at school so what professor lee badger did in partnership with world bank was to define as to what is the level of that impact that brings in and which aggregates to impacting your gross domestic product or gdp up to 1.7% which is 32 billion dollars year over year and 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 there was a study which was conducted in uh, uh, you know 5 6 years uh, i think in 2014 uh, which said that there are about 480000 transgender people in the country we are talking about 4.8 lakhs who perhaps do not have access to all this So imagine you, you know, give access to them. You know, you kind of sensitize them. You provide them relevant skills. You know, maybe provide them mainstream jobs or help them with entrepreneurship or you know help them setting up uh, some small shops like you know the Momo shop or you know your beauty parlors or you know your your um, jobs like you know front desk. It it immediately shifts your conversation and start having a better in a in a in a productive. Uh, life not just for themselves but also people around them so that is the economic cost that we are talking about um thank you so much sir for pointing that out in fact it's uh, so important to realize how small it begins from as you said it's just a joke that it began it began from and it has such huge impacts um moving on you were talking about Uh, how the hindra community was specifically pushed to certain jobs like sex work or as you mentioned arms ritual occasions the lockdown and they're mostly in the informal sector on um, the lockdown impacted the impo- the info- the informal sector the most and within that as well it is expected that the lgbtq plus community is marginalized what does the ground reality look like and what kinds of laws should be implemented to over such marginalization in the economic front i think you know uh, uh, you know in my previous uh, you know the responses to your previous questions i think you know i did touch upon uh, the the aspects like an informal uh, uh, society or informal sector uh, and i did touch upon the fact that you know how sometimes your biological parents ask you to move out and how non blood relations take you in 
and i think uh, in the in the hijra community that is something that uh, um, uh, is is very very evident um it, and it is it is part of the south asian culture for example there are a lot of these uh, traditional source of income that the community has which is basti badhai um which which you know you would probably uh, you would you would have seen or you know you have heard stories from your parents and other elders uh, that you know when you when there is a birth of a new baby there's new you know uh, born child you know family you know you would have uh, you know the hijra community visit and you know bless the baby whether there is a marriage or whether there is any kind of celebration i mean there is always been traditionally that has been going on for centuries right and that is what has been one of the many uh, support function and this is not by choice this is because they there is no other option and then because you are sent out there is there is no education you drop out of the school you have no other way but to you know be part of uh, primarily i am referring to the our our uh, trans uh, brothers and sisters you don't have any access or a safe space but to go and be part of these gharana there is a gharana culture and then you are you are you are in in uh, uh, you know in 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 support Uh, and you will find a lot of um, senior trans uh, members who who become your guru and there is a you know in gharana culture you have a tradition of a guru and a chela i am not going to go in in detail of this but there is a culture which is generation over generation is passed on it is the history this is what the culture has been and guru is going to, is someone who will take care of you and you know protect you and you know give you direction in terms of um uh, you know for your betterment and that's the community that you lean on right and it is not the the basti badai is not begging it is a part of a tradition and culture right there are there are others who are um, part of uh, the hijras are part of other hierarchical communities like gharanas you know there are gharanas mumbai gharana there are other Uh, different and the guru chela is supposed to be the the layered structure that we have and and this is you know in order to uh, uh, to you know your second part of a question is how can we make sure that uh, there are certain laws uh, of uh, you know kind of laws should be there to protect uh, or or safeguard uh, the the social livelihood i think you know the first and the foremost thing you know we spoke about the the economic cost right i think it more than economic cost to me it is like a human cost how many lives do we lose every single day from the community countless so the kind of mental well being or mental health issues that the community faces every day i spoke to you about you know having uh, going out of jobs because of the informal sector there are a lot of uh, uh, individuals you know especially the trans community which is the the most marginalized community so a lot of uh, individuals would have started their uh, transition process whether male to female or female to male and they would be under uh, hormone therapy or other treatment now they don't have money to you know continue that imagine that you know you are you are you are, you are undergoing those you know uh, treatment and you know surgeries or 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 uh, you know medical procedure 
and you don't have money to support that what happens the gender affirmation surgery that you go through and there is no insurance like a corporate world has you know that you know the companies offer you the the gender affirmation surgery support or insurance support there is no such support for uh, the the marginalized community i think you know the the best way some of these things can be addressed is if the homes and the schools become sensitive if the parents are taught about addressing the the conversation or having these conversation of gender dysphoria understanding as to what it means and how can i support my child there is if if today parents have to you know gain access to the the network there is one such parent organization called the the swikar it's a parent uh, the group of parents of lgbtq kids which is in mumbai there are over 125 parents across india who are part of the swikar group so at any parent listening in who wants to know you know possibly are experiencing um or a child who wants to you know understand and you know kind of get some support from the our parents network they should definitely reach out to the swikar group so that becomes your first step you know having to make the spaces at home safe the second space is your schools and colleges you know the lot of uh, teachers and professors listening in you know it it becomes extremely important to understand uh that the the generation the future generation um is far more uh, uh you know open in having these conversations right um do we talk about se- you know the sex and gender at workplace or at at school and college yes how you know today is my brother's birthday or my 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 um, aunt is getting married or you know you're talking about this all the time so how do we make sure that you know these conversations are normalized at homes at schools i think that becomes the first step of creating those families which are supportive if we create that then the whole conversation about you know the economic loss the 32 billion dollars or the 1.7% of a gdp will get addressed you know you would be able to create spaces which are respectful which are encouraging for individuals to be themselves irrespective of whether they are lesbian gay bisexual transgender intersex queer asexual uh, and plus so sometimes i think you know it starts with there and there are a lot of you know other uh, uh, support mechanisms that can be offered there are a lot of uh, schools and colleges they already have queer groups and queer networks You, you know i am amdavad i am bangalore has queer your national law school nls has queer network you tagore international school in gurgaon they have a queer network uh you name iits have queer network you know miranda house has queer network um so you name uh xaviers narsi moji institute of management studies symbiosis um are there queer groups in the schools and colleges and etc yes are we aware of that possibly not can we take care, take help from them yes i think those are the some of those questions we have to ask ourselves you have a, 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 a you know support network in terms of parents which i told you about you have a support network in terms of schools and colleges and queer groups 
you should reach out to them get them you know to you know get to speak with them and at pride circle we work with all these networks consistently and hence you know uh, we are able to you know connect uh, individuals parents to these ecosystems definitely so i just had a question regarding what you said um while there are networks uh maybe uh, you mentioned the social groups which have um parents mostly coming in uh, and you know spreading awareness but don't you think most for to for a parent to reach out to such organizations itself is a very big step because the the starting point is denial right that as you mentioned earlier that they don't want to accept the fact that something like this exists and it's maybe just a phase so what do you think um how how do you overcome that because it's so culturally uh interneted that it's difficult for even parents to accept it and go and ask for help no which is which is very true uh, i think you know uh, as a country we still feel lot of uh, taboo around this topic especially parents you know take a lot of time to come to terms with this and i know that you know it is not easy um i know it is you know difficult uh, uh to to understand and accept because this is something which is like a ever growing topic um if somebody says this is a western import no it is very much and it was very much part of our culture rather uh, we celebrated homosexuality you know if you look at some of the temples and you know whether you are looking at ajanta elora or some of the you know the the uh, the uh, carvings of the temple facade and etc you would find that you know it was very much part of the culture and we are talking about 10th century 11th century if you are looking at uh, you know if you look at some of the mythological books you would find the references uh, you know um, Now the only I would say the explanation to that was you know when we were uh, um, uh, ruled by the British East India Company, that is when they came and uh, slapped uh, the Section three seven seven, which meant that uh, criminalizing homosexuality. Before that, we were very open culture. We were celebrating uh, the the homosexuality and etc. Only after eighteen hundreds when they came in and then uh, they started ruling over. section 377 was imposed i think it is but natural what we are told by our parents which is you know oh this is unnatural this is against the order of the nature i mean what is i mean the against the order of the nature you know it is what we have been taught over the years over centuries and generations i think that that is somewhere it has to break how it will break when we talk about you know there are a lot of these days movies you know the mainstream movies are talking about these concepts you know um i still remember you know when the first lesbian movie the fire became a mainstream movie there was so much of hue and cry about you know it is not who we are so it becomes extremely important that you know conversation has to start wherein you know there there are sessions which has to be organized like this conversations has to reach out to far and uh, out parents uh help them understand what it is you know it is it is your child and the the love towards your child it is you know something that you need to be be mindful of you know 
um, and it it always makes sense for us to have that conversation through different platforms, different forums. Um, you know, I, I I remember you know the same conversation we had in in the groups like Swikar group that I spoke about. There is a group um, in Gurgaon called Gurgaon Moms, which has about thirty five thousand mothers who are part of that group. Uh, we have that conversation there. and talking about you know bringing in some of the other parents and holding those conversation and the parents talking to the other parent really helps you know they really understand how do i uh, debunk some of the myths when you when you kind of you know take that similar uh, scenario at schools you, a teacher coming and talking to teachers would help i think that is where your your coaching or that is where your hand holding comes in i think that is where i would say that you know uh, having the conversations that the way we are having today the conversation through you know sharing the movies conversations about you know some of those uh, 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 the old movies or the current movies the mainstream movies uh, really helps you know um, i think somewhere you have to start uh, having those conversations and the best way to do is to have these both these conversations and uh, educate the parents definitely thank you so much sir uh, my last question to you sir is that i came across this word called uh, this term called pink capitalism and uh, what is pink capitalism and uh, how is pink capitalism in india how do we promote inclusivity inclusivity in the workplace especially post covid when job vacancies have narrowed in general okay so uh, uh, i would say you know more than pink capitalism i would want to draw your attention which is pink washing okay uh, if you have not heard the term the term pink washing you must read that pink washing is nothing but the term the two terms which is pink and washing you know you wash Uh, uh or you present yourself as if you believe in the notion of lgbt plus inclusion but you do that just for the for the name sake you know which is we call tokenism so lot of you know countries or organizations or groups they get involved in pink washing you would see lot of brands you know especially during the pride month which is june pride month global pride month or in india would have their logos their organization logos change it to rainbow logos only for that brief moment but when you talk to them about what is that you have done within the company in terms of policies or benefits or have you hired from the community or do you have any any uh, uh, your you know network within the organization which encourages uh, the employees to get sensitized the answer is usually no so which means to uh, which means that you know the organization some of the organizations are just into lip service or tokenism i think that is where i would want to draw attention because your question is pertaining to workplace and the workplace is primarily you know there a lot of pink washing that happens how do companies do that i think you know the companies uh, 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 do that by leading from the front okay uh, the companies uh, uh, create more visible and vocal presence uh, whether on uh, the social media 
whether on uh, their careers page or their websites, whether on uh, the platforms like Glassdoor, um, and a lot of other platforms wherein they talk about how they are inclusive. And they talk about the overall inclusion and diversity philosophy as to how they're being inclusive for you know, including women or multi-generation or people with disabilities or returning mothers or um, war veterans or LGBT plus women. Um, so all of that, I think uh, 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 the, the organizations today can especially uh, create the inclusivity by talking about it on a, on a regular basis within the organization. Having the leadership, which are the senior uh, members in the organization, talk about it because, you know, end of the day, the team members would look up to their managers and their managers, the vice presidents and the directors to see how they are role modeling. If they want to normalize those conversations and topics and make that as an important point of discussion, talk about the economic laws, talk about why it is important to talk about it, then everyone will follow the, the role model, will follow this leader. If you're not going to talk about it, if you want to, you know, brush it under the carpet, the employee in general will also feel that, okay, if my manager is not supportive, why should I even show support or make an effort to learn what it is and make an effort to, you know, be there. Uh, interestingly, there has been a research nationally and internationally which says that at least 8 to 10% of the headcount, organization headcount or the employee headcount in any organization is from, identifies or is from the LGBT plus community. Whether they are closeted or out. So imagine that if you have an organization which has 40,000 employees or 50,000 employees, you were 10%, 50,000 employees, 10%, you know the number. And they are, they are your invisible audience who are consistently looking at what the company is doing, what the managers are saying. And most of the time you will find the, the company, you know, employees quitting the organization, perhaps because they are, they find that it is very uh, homophobic environment. There are jokes that are being made. There are comments that are being shared on WhatsApp groups or any other groups. There are jokes that are being made in the, during the lunch hour, in the meeting rooms. So people notice this. So the organizations have to really look at encouraging the, the culture, which is inclusive, respectful. People should understand and learn as to what would I need to refer somebody who has come out to me with proper pronouns, with referring them with the, their preferred name, respectful of what they identify themselves as, having a, a, a gender neutral washrooms, uh, besides the men and women, which is a binary. Um, and also ensuring that, you know, the communication that goes out within the organization or in the offer letter or in the careers page does not talk about binary identities, which is just he or she, because most of the offer letters that I've seen or conversations that I've heard or the communication, email communication that I've seen within some of the organization, they've often sent it as he slash she. What if there are people who do not identify as part of the binary identity, they're gender non-conforming, they're gender, they're non-binary identity. 
how do we address them as so a lot of organizations have also moved away from from those hence it becomes extremely critical to have the right language getting the leadership understand why it is important you know and respect extending that respect and addressing individuals with the the preferred name pronoun um you know role modeling understanding the legalities of the section 377 of the judgment which which uh, uh, you know uh, uh, which which was read down in september of 2018 by the honorable supreme court of india unless and until i know about these things the law the law of the land and etc i won't be able to then create an environment which is conducive looking at policies and then comes you know your hiring because once i create a conducive environment you know the teams understand the language and the how i need to be respectful and etc you can you know then think about hiring just because somebody uh, uh, sounds like uh, uh, carries a masculine voice over the phone it gives me no authority or license to assume that the person would be a mr so and so or referring him referring this person as he no how can i assume that right so it also becomes important that you know not assuming that somebody just because somebody uh, sounds masculine or feminine has to be so i think these are the little things that you know organizations individuals leaders can do in order to create safe spaces whether at home whether at school whether at college whether at workplaces and even society at large definitely so and i think as you pointed out there's so much of conversation that still needs to happen and i think this was just the first step but uh, you're right that there are so many aspects and even little nitigrities that mean a lot and can be improved in many senses thank you so much sir for being with us today i think it was a very insightful conversation and i personally learned a lot so thank you so much sir thanks vanchika for having me i know that you know this is this topic is like an ocean i mean the more you sort of uh, soak your feet into this you know you would want to go deeper um and it is very much part of uh, who we are as a country as a nation and as a as a as a globe as a you know human uh, you know uh, beings um, i think you know if we can if we can influence person in our network one person to be an ally uh, and we are running lot of uh, these you know informative events and and educational uh, conversations through podcasts or through games and activities contests and etc which is open for all um you know there's a great way to create that and i always say that you know uh, creating an inclusive space one person at a time so if we can you know create that uh, multiplier effect that two people will tell two other people and then you know that sort of you know the multiplier effect happens and within no time we'll be able to create much more safer uh, much more uh, inclusive spaces everywhere definitely definitely thank you so much sir thanks so much manjeet